You guys are a rowdy bunch this morning. Sounds like you've been eating uh, too much chocolate. <laughs> I'm a bit disappointed the kids got out because I wanted to hear what they got for Easter this morning because that was a highlight for me as a kid growing up. Are there any big kids in this room that want to tell me what they got for Easter today? Yep, yell it out. Nothing? Great. Anybody else? A uni assignment. We've got a bunny there. That is unbelievable. Did anyone get pyjamas? Rachel got pyjamas. That's great. Fantastic. A Tirana. What's, oh, I thought you got a car, the Tirana. A Tirana mug. I just love Easter and uh, when my kids, I've got two kids, when they were little, I uh, just, I couldn't sleep. They, I'd have to wake them up in the morning just to get up to do the Easter egg hunt because I was so excited and uh, I just love Easter and I'm so overjoyed to be here with you today as we celebrate Easter as a family, uh, as the church gathers together and honestly, I'm on a high this morning just looking at so many happy, good-looking faces as they look back at me this morning, especially yours, Kate. It's beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. I appreciate your kind words today, Kate, as well. Easter. It's the most important date in the Christian calendar. And I think it can be summed up in this one verse, and it's a very famous verse it's at all the major sporting events. There's always a weird-looking guy holding a sign, and it says John 3:16. But God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, every year, Easter, it's, it's, it's an important time of year in the Christian calendar, but I've got to say, Every year as I get older, I get more and more excited and more and more humbled as we hit this four-day long weekend. For many, it's a good time just to have a break from work, to be with family. But I've got to tell you, I get more and more passionate about Jesus Christ every single Easter. Last Sunday was Palm Sunday where we talked about how Jesus made his way into the city on the back of a donkey, a humble animal. And people shouted praise and threw leaves and branches down on the ground and yelled out, uh, Hosanna in the highest, which brings praise to God. He was recognised as a king coming to the holy city. Two days ago, we, we gathered here, and for those that were, joined us, and we celebrated and paid our respects for Good Friday, where Jesus Christ, we remember, died on the cross for our sins. It's a time of reflection, a time of, of being humble and a time of being grateful. And, and Good Friday always, always moves me for all that he has done for me. I'm being selfish. He's done it for you too. But I'm just consumed by me on Good Friday because he died on the cross for me. And when that is not enough, two days later, we come to Resurrection Sunday where our Lord and Saviour that paid the penalty that should have been ours, raised from the grave. Resurrection Sunday. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Even on Resurrection Sunday, when Mary, back in the time, knew that Jesus was dead in the grave, she decides to head down, only to find the grave empty. And she's met with an angel 
by an angel. And the angel says this, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He was dead. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Jesus, I praise God that we don't worship a God that is dead, but we worship a God that is alive. He went to the death for us, rose from the grave, and now he is alive. Isn't that good? Let's get excited this morning. Yeah? You must be Beck's mum. Auntie, wow, the resemblance is amazing. I tell Jack all the time, I don't, know, I don't know how he got Beck. I really don't. He did very well. Easter. It's celebrated in 95 countries around the world. 95 countries around the world acknowledge Easter, celebrate Easter, and acknowledge Jesus Christ. But even though these countries may acknowledge Easter and even acknowledge Jesus Christ, if you were to ask people questions, what they think Easter is about or who they think Jesus Christ is, you'll get a multitude of answers. Some people will say, Easter is just a four-day long weekend and I'm heading to the coast. And that's their Easter. Some people will say Jesus was just a good man and we pay our tributes to him at Easter time. Some people might be in the picture of that little baby, uh, please, that would be great. This is what this guy thinks Easter is all about, is chocolate. It's made up of many beliefs about Jesus. Some people are even trying to take Jesus out of the Easter long weekend. I, I work all over the city, but when I work close to the city, there's a cafe I love to go to. And I'd kindly ask you to put the next picture up, please. I love hot cross buns. And I know they're not biblical, but when it comes to Easter, they're amazing. And if they're selling at bakeries and cafes, I'm going to buy one. I went to my favourite cafe hoping to buy a hot cross bun. The first time they bring them out on display, they advertise that as not crossed buns. I couldn't buy one. I so wanted one but I couldn't bring myself to buy one because they took the cross out of the hot cross bun. You know, this world would be totally happy if they took Jesus and the cross out of Easter. For those that don't care, that just want the long weekend. But on the Christian calendar, it represents the greatest thing ever. And that is Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world, comes to earth, pays the price, the penalty of sin for us, and then is raised to life. Jesus Christ. As a Christian, it is the most important time of the year. I said all that to say this. I have a confession this morning. Seeing as we're talking about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. And this is the foundation of my message. About two weeks ago, I worked a 12-hour day. I'm a tradie. So when I come home, usually my body is tired. No one else was at the house, so I picked up some takeaway and I sat back on my recliner chair. I had my takeaway meal in front of me and I decided to watch a movie. And here's my confession, and it's hard to bear. I watched a romantic comedy. (laughs) Jennifer, it's hard to even say her name. (laughs) Jennifer Lopez was in it. And the, the movie was called Marry Me. 
I'm so glad I got that out of my chest. (laughs) You see, this movie was about two people. One was an average teacher, just an average everyday guy. He was Ben Owen. I'm not encouraging you to watch this movie, by the way, but (laughs) he was a teacher. I think he was an English teacher or a geography teacher. And he, had, he was a great teacher, had a classroom full of students. And, and, and he asked the students a question. And I forget even what the question was, but he had the students' attention. And then the bell rang. And the, 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 the students are like, what's the answer to the question? And he goes, no, nah, I'm not going to tell you. And they said, don't worry, I'm going to Google it. And he goes, don't you dare Google it. And he says these words that impacted my life, which makes it okay for me watching a romantic comedy. (laughs) When you sit in the question long enough, the answer will find you. When you sit in the question long enough, the answer will find you. You see, I've got two children now. They're 18 and 21, but as, as they were younger, I used to... They'd come to me and ask a million questions and I'd give them the answer. But now as they've got older, my parenting technique and style has changed. They come to me and ask for advice. And instead of me giving them the answer, I tend to put it back on them now. My son at the moment is thinking career paths and he's coming saying, Dad, what do you think about this if I do this? And I'm thinking, don't do that. (laughs) But my response is, well, what do you think will happen? If you do that, how do you feel? This is your life. What direction do you want to go in? Because I've realized over time, as you ask yourself questions and you sit in the question, the answer will find you. Jesus knew that. So often he would ask people questions instead of just giving them the answers. And it frustrates the living life out of me when Jesus does that because I just want the answer. He was a really frustrating guy, Jesus. He was. It's okay. He knows it. He did it because he wanted to leave an impact. He did it because he wanted to leave his mark on people. He did it because he wanted people not just to take the information, but he wanted people to contemplate and to think who he really was and what he really wanted for their lives. So we found in Matthew chapter 16, I'm going to talk about two people I'm only going to go for another maybe five to ten minutes at the most. And the first person I want to speak about is a guy by the name of Peter. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, it says this. When Jesus came to the region, he asked the disciples, who do, you say, who do they say the Son of Man is? He asked the question. Who do the people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah, Or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh or blood or Google, but by the Father in heaven. I tell you, Peter, that on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anybody that he was the Messiah. Jesus asked this question. 
Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? With a world that recognises Easter, I think it's only fitting today to ask ourselves, who do we say Jesus is? We're at a moment of pause for four days and we're nearly through. But the question I want to pose to you is, who is Jesus? Who is he to you? Who is he to your family? Who is he to your work colleagues? Jesus was interested to know what Peter thought. Jesus is actually interested to know what he, you think he is like or who he is. He's interested. You see, Peter saw Jesus. He did life with him. He already knew the answer and was not influenced by the crowd. The crowd was saying he was a prophet, he was a good man, but Peter knew the answer. Why? How? How did he know the answer? Because he did life with him. For three years, that question hung over Peter's head, who is Jesus? Who is this guy that I'm following? It wasn't revealed to him who he was. Jesus just says that, but that question, he was sitting in it. Remember, when you sit in the question, the answer will find you. Peter was there when Jesus fed the 5,000 with a few loaves and fish. He was there when he saw Jesus walk on water and he actually walked on water with him. He was there when Jesus spat in the mud, the dirt and made mud and rubbed it in some poor blind guy's eye and all of a sudden he can see because a miracle takes place. Peter had been sitting in this question for three years. Who do you say that I am? He saw the love in Jesus' eyes. He saw the passion that burned in his heart for humanity and mankind. He saw Jesus' compassion for the broken. There is no doubt in my mind that as Peter sat in that question that hung over his head for three years, he knew without a shadow of a doubt that he was the Messiah, the Son of the living God. We have a guy in our PM gathering and I had the privilege of having dinner with him the other night with another, there was a couple of us out. And the other guy asked him this story, hey, how did you come to know Jesus? And I just, I switched off and I listened intently because I want to know how this guy, I, I, you know when you know someone, you grow up in the church and you just, you forget, you take things for granted. This guy began to share his story. He said, look, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. In fact, I never went to church in my life. I moved to Canberra to go to university and get a job. But I started thinking about Jesus one day and this question that hung over my head, who is Jesus? And he said, I didn't want to Google and get everyone else's opinion, so I wanted to discover for myself. This happened literally two weeks ago over dinner. He's telling me this story. He bumps into a guy at university who just happens to go to the City PM gathering and for a period of three months, they sit together and read the Bible together. The other guy didn't force his opinion on him. They just sat there and read the Bible. And at the end of the three months, the question had been answered because the answer found him as he was waiting in the question. And he gave his heart to Christ and he couldn't deny that Jesus was the Messiah, son of the living God. I love stories like that. You see, when you sit in the question long enough, you'll find the answer or the answer will find you. There was another guy, it's my last story I'll share. 
there was another guy called Simon of Cyrene. And it's found in Mark chapter 15, verse 16. It says this, the soldiers led Jesus into the palace. This is just before Jesus goes to the cross. They called together the whole company of soldiers and put a purple robe on him and twisted it and twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out and hail him, King of the Jews. Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spat on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his clothes back on. Then they led him out to be crucified. And here's what we know about Simon in this one verse, and that's all we know. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, father of Alexandria, was passing by on his way from the country and was forced to carry the cross. Simon's mentioned three times in the gospel, each other gospels, and pretty much says word for word what I just read to you. We don't know much else about Simon, only from where he came from, where he was going, and the role that took place when he came in contact with Jesus. We don't know a lot about him, but we know he travelled a long way. Some believe it's almost as long as 900 kilometres to get to the holy city to celebrate Passover. We don't even know if he heard about Jesus, but yet he was pulled out of the crowd as he was passing through and he was forced to carry the cross. The crowds were mocking Jesus, saying, King of the Jews in a mocking way. And this guy that may not have even known or heard about Jesus is smack bang in the middle of it and then finds himself on the ground with Jesus. The question must have been going through his head. Who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? Why is this crowd so crazy? What is going on? As he got down and he saw the compassion in Jesus' heart and saw a man with eyes full of love, not bitter or hatred, he may have even heard the words mumble out of his mouth as he's down there helping pick up the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I want you to turn to the screen. It's a reenactment of what could have taken place that day. Then I'm going to wrap it up and I'm going to pray. But this is Simon of Cyrene. He was being let out of the city as a Passover lamb. But we didn't, we didn't understand that. Um, when I got to Jerusalem, it wasn't what I expected. I mean, there was like 10 times more people there than the last time that I'd, I'd been there to celebrate Passover. And it just seemed like the whole city was angry, like just, just mobs of angry people. And all of a sudden this, this, this guard, the soldier, he, he grabs me. I mean, he literally just pulls me out of the crowd. And he says, for me to carry this guy's cross, If, if this guy's blood gets on me, it's, it stains me, and I, I, can't, I can't celebrate the Passover, that's the whole reason I was there. 
It was hard to see the man through the blood. And then our eyes met. And I knew this man was not a liar. He was not a, uh, a crazy man with grand ideas. He was, he was the Messiah. I carried um, what I could, but he, uh, he, carried, he carried most of it. We, we, began, we began to walk. I, I, I heard the insults that, that they shouted at him and, and now at me. I felt the spit. I felt his, his blood on me. They'd taken a, a crown made of thorns and then they smashed it on his head and, and, and blood ran into his eyes. They laid him out on a cross and they, they nailed his hands and his feet to it. And they, they, they lifted it up. And he, he had, he had all of his weight on that one spike through his feet. And he would, he would, he would push up with all of his might and, and gasp for a breath to stay alive. I, I couldn't watch it. He did that for hours. I couldn't watch it. And, and I looked down and I remember, I remember seeing my hands. My hands were stained with, with his blood, the, the blood that I thought would, would make me unclean. And I realized it's the blood, it's the blood that, that makes me clean. He breathed his last breath and he died. And that was a, uh, that was the day that I helped Jesus carry. That was the day that I helped Jesus carry my cross. He hung and died on my cross. Both Peter and Simon knew the answer to Jesus' question. Who do you say I am? Because they met Jesus. They spent time in his presence. They didn't listen to what everyone else had told them what, who they thought Jesus was. They discovered who he was because they sat in the question. When I was eight years of age, as I close, I was born into a Christian family. In fact, I don't know anything else 
I remember growing up and sleeping under the seats of the church uh, when church services were on. My parents always had people over at our house running Bible studies and having people over for dinner and doing life. And it was just normal to me. But one thing my parents never did is they never forced Jesus upon me. They never told me that what I had to do. But I just remember at the age of eight, growing up in this environment, sitting in this question for eight years, who is Jesus? Who do I think Jesus is? And I never forget when I was eight years of age, about 10 o'clock at night, I got out of my bed and I walked down the hallway and I walked into my parents' room and I woke my father up and said, Dad, I want to give my life to Jesus. And he sat there and we prayed a prayer together at the age of eight years of age with no pressure, with no outside influence whatsoever because I sat in the question and I discovered the answer and the answer was Jesus. My life has gone through a major journey, ups, downs, excitement, highs, lows. But yet every step of that way, Jesus has been with me because I chose to take a moment to sit in the question and realize that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Savior and he died on the cross for me. As we come around Easter, a four-day long weekend, It's a powerful weekend. It is a life-changing weekend. But only if you allow yourself to sit in the question. You could go to the bakery straight afterwards and feel free to go get a no-cross bun. And you're more than welcome to do that. But why are we here right now in this very moment? Why don't you close your eyes with me? And I want to ask this one question to you. And it's the same question that Jesus asked Peter. Who do you say Jesus is? Maybe you've been coming to church your whole life, just like I have. But you've always listened to the outside influence of everyone telling you this is who he is. But maybe it's time to sit and take a moment and ask yourself, who is Jesus? And sit in that question. I don't think it's a mistake that you're here this morning. You thought you might just be coming to celebrate Easter, just as it's a tradition to do. But I just sense that Jesus wants to meet with you today. And if you don't know Jesus and you want to know Him, sit in the question. Because I guarantee you the answer will find you. I close with this scripture. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world was made through him. But the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to all those believed in his name, he gave the rights to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Father, today, 
We thank you that we have a four-day long weekend to be with family, to be with friends. But Lord, that is not the most important thing. The most important thing is you. And I just pray, Lord God, as we've taken time today to spend time in your presence, I just want to take a moment just to praise you for who you are. Father, we thank you for leaving your throne on high, for coming to earth and carrying my sin, our sin, taking the weight of the world when everyone else rejected you and you were filled with love and passion as you went to that cross. But Lord, I want to thank you. Not only did you die, but you rose again. And that we are here today to lift up the name of Jesus where other people around the world might forget you or even try and take the cross out of Easter. But Lord, today we choose to praise the living God. You are alive, you're real and you are active and you're still moving. And the power that raised you from the grave 2,000 years ago is that same power is available and it's here with us today. Father, we give you praise. We recognise who You are. We are grateful. Lord, this Easter, we choose to sit in the question and let that blood that was shed at the cross run over us, that we'd be forgiven of our sins and be known as children of God. We give You praise this day. In Jesus' Name, Amen.